America's fastest growing automotive radio show. Our auto expert, Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from sea to shining sea. This is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, and on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles. And uh, in the uh, couch on the children's stool next to me, and the clapper. Yeah. And automatic Andy, what's going on? I'm, I'm clapping because I'm happy. Are you? Yeah, I'm There's happy. There's a song about that. And you're, you're happy. And you know it. No, that's not the one. Clap it. That's not the one. No, it's not. Uh, how are you? Nick, I'm excited. Are you? Because there, there's a. It was a big week in yeah, automotive you, stuff. You you only got two hours sleep the other night. Yeah, I got. I've had like six hours of sleep all week, so yeah, I'm, I'm running on pure will and um, coffee. <laughs> My will was broken in like 1972, so I don't know how you're managing it. Yeah, you're you're coasting along real and well. It's definitely been a busy week, and we're going to reflect that on this week's show. Mike Cadell is going to be here. He's going to talk a, a little bit about um, the Ford Bronco recall and Buick. Um, I talked to him on the phone when we were prepping for the show this week, and uh, he's a bit bemused by Buick. Um, he's like, they sell 80% of their cars outside of the U.S. Really? Um, yeah. So, wait. China, basically. So, like, Portugal is just over there? No, no, China. Dripping in Buicks? They chi- <laughs> China is dripping in Buicks. Oh, really? And, I mean, their story in China is really great. Uh, they have a really wonderful story in China. Um, the... So the, the the basis no I'll save it for his segment because I don't want to ruin it for every, anybody, um, but it's it's super interesting the whole Buick China story is very interesting. Um, I spent a good part of the week in Key Largo, at a resort <coughs> where you have to. Well, so I got picked up at the airport by a police officer. Purposely, I wasn't doing anything. Where I, should, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't in the back of the police car. Or anything. Yeah. I got picked up by a police officer who was retired, who chauffeured me in the new Genesis G90. Unbelievable. Uh, with a massaging seat for an hour and a half to Key Largo to a resort, which I'm not even allowed to tell you its name because that was part of the deal, where you have to pay more than $150,000 in taxes to even have a membership. Dang. And a membership at the resort is $50,000 a year. <gasps> and I, w- I went into this resort, and they take your driver's license at the gate. And they don't give it back until you leave. What? So they know when you're on and off property. And the hotel was nice, but they were like apartments, but they weren't... They weren't like four seasons nice. And yeah. I was trying to work out why it was so expensive. They were nice, but not mm-hmm. four seasons nice. And everyone was super helpful. You couldn't like open the door without some very smart teenager with khakis and a polo shirt saying, can I help you, sir? There's someone you need to go. Can I get a golf cart and drive you somewhere? Uh, do you need anything? Can I get something for your room? They're super helpful stuff. But then when I walked out to the beach and saw the like $40, $50 million mansions on the other side of the beach, oh, come on. I realized I was staying in the guest apartments for the guests of the people that owned the yachts, which were like $80 million yachts and the $30 million <laughs> apartment uh, houses. 
I was in their guest because you know when you're a guest of these people, you they don't stay in your house; they That's stay awesome. in these apartments. That's so awesome. I like so, you, but not enough to stay in my oh house. Yeah. Go over there. You don't want to be getting up in the morning, stalkers walking to the kitchen for a cup of coffee with the family hanging out. And then your guests come out of their room. Oh, that's not how it works. That's classic rich you person. You have them stay in another place. <laughs> you know, when you get super rich, you always have a guest house. I get they it. They don't stay in your house. Makes sense. Um, and so you have them stay in these apartments. Oh, my the guests, goodness. And then you meet them for dinner and whatever. So that's why I was staying. Anyway. <laughs> and then, when it, you know, one of the deals were we were allowed to do whatever we want, but you couldn't mention the name. That was part of the... Now, normally when you go to a resort somewhere, they were like... Could you put the name in the video when you're on live TV? Could you mention us? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. These absolutely. were like, could you please not mention where you are? Because <laughs> that's how exclusive it was. The police officer who had just retired in the last few years said in his 23 or so years working for Miami Dade as a police officer, he had never been into this facility. That's how exclusive it was. Wow. Yeah. So. It was super exclusive. And that's where Genesis launched the G90. The driving of the G90 is under embargo, but we can talk about the car. Jared uh, Pallet from Genesis is going to join us to talk about that. There is a brand new Chevy Blazer EV that was just launched. We're going to get to talk about that on the show today. Andy has a... um, review of a vehicle what have you been testing out andrew i fell in love with the 2022 acura mdx sh all-wheel drive type s advance it's a whole sentence it's not just like a thing it's a sentence is that the longest uh, name of a car that you've ever that's pretty close yeah Yeah. that is really close that that takes the the cake for it i have a lot to say about this one you do this one yeah because i got to I got to spend the full allotted time with this one. Oh. And I had the really cool color of it. Right. So people, I got I got to take pictures in it. Right. And I had a whole bunch of like soccer moms and soccer dads oh. looking at me and like giving me the thumbs up and the nod like, hey, no, well done, young Usually man. it's uh, guys that are jealous of you, but not soccer moms and soccer dads. I felt like the alpha coffee getter at Starbucks. The alpha coffee. I didn't yeah. know there was such a thing as an alpha coffee getter. It's a, it's a hierarchy. Um, so we'll be, to- <laughs> we'll be talking about that. Um, and Anton Warren will be here because there is a proposed new EV federal tax credit on the docket at mm-hmm. the government level, federal government level. And we're going to get uh, Anton to explain what that could mean for your pocket and when it could be coming around, because those companies, Nissan, Ford, and Toyota, are likely to use their federal tax credits in the next six months or so, and uh, they could be getting it back um, within six months, and so could uh, Chevy and um, Tesla, who've already lost their federal tax credits, so they could be coming back. Yeah, There's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot going on in today's show. I will tell you my time in Florida was definitely excelled by how bad Florida drivers are. Mm. They are unbelievably bad. Have you ever been on vacation experienced bad drivers? Oh, unfortunately. Every, Wait, what all the states time. do you remember drivers were the worst in? My top two, personally, probably Wyoming and Washington, D.C. Really? Yeah. Tell me what happened in those two states. 
in Wyoming, I was just scared for my life because I thought like a moose or an antelope was going to come get me. So it wasn't really drivers. It was wildlife. Well, it was that, but the, the drivers, they because they knew at any given moment a deer could come out and then that you're now you're on a T-shirt. So right. they drove... <laughs> They drove like today was the last day, and tomorrow I'm getting the shirt made. Right. So you know, they just insurance. Fast, like, nah, no, no insurance. Stop signs if you want to. <laughs> they were a suggestion, not yeah. a law. Yeah, it's it was horrible. It was so much anxiety. That reminds me, when you ever go for your driver's test, they always give you that little speech. If you fail to recognize this next slide, you can never drive again. <laughs> do you remember that? No. No, they always tell you that if you fail, you know, when you do the eye testing. Oh, yeah. She said, if you fail to recognize this sign, you can never drive. Well, you get one it? chance. It's a stop sign. Oh, was she being yeah. cheeky? No, they tell you that. If you fail to recognize this sign, you can never drive again. Did so. you get your Did you get your license in, in British? In, in British. In the United Kingdom? Yes. Oh, look at you throwing out big words. United I, I read stuff. Um, I got my first driver's license at 17 and a half in, in Great Britain. Do you, is it like a little plastic thing here, or is it like a, is it like a scroll, like a king's deed announcement? No, it's a tattoo. And then the <laughs> what? next license I got was when I went to college at the University of British Columbia, UBC, in, mm-hmm. in, in British Columbia, Canada. Um, and then I got my third license in the U.S. You have three? Well, you don't... I mean, I actually had to give my British Columbia license up when I got my uh, U.S. license. They took the B.C. license away. Well, that's only a piece of paper. It'll never leave your heart. No, the, the B.C. license is identical to the U.S. license. It looks the same. The British license I still have. Do they have, like, donor status and you have to wear eyeglasses and stuff on it? No, I don't remember. It was a piece of paper. I still have it. It's a piece of paper. It doesn't even have a, a picture on it. Oh, goodness. Everything's So when I get pulled over now, I give them that license. They go, (laughs) excuse me, sir, what the hell is this? And I'm like, it's my driver's license, sir. Is it not valid in the United States? Oh, you get real limey, don't you? And they go, "Um, yeah, I I guess it is. Uh, But I can't write you a ticket on this. Sorry, I'll be on your way. Yeah, it's just it's a paperwork thing with you. Yeah. That's how you skate out. No, you hit them with the limey accent, and then yeah. it's over. Then they run my license plate and go, "You bugger." Well, because <laughs> the way it is, they have to. You know, the old credit card machines where you'd have to slide it and get the impression on it. That's what they would have to do with yours. <laughs> so they don't want all that paperwork, you know. <laughs> with a paper license. Yeah, it's they'd have to wow. figure it. There's so much. I show work. it to you after the show. All right, it's crazy. All right. Uh, Mike Cordell is up next. I do want to let you know that if you have a weak battery you could le- and that could leave you stranded, uh, don't take that chance. O'Reilly Auto Parts will test your battery for free, so uh, you may want to take that chance and get it tested. If your battery needs to be replaced, their professional parts people can help. Uh, they can help you find the exact battery that fits your car and budget. Make sure your vehicle is ready for summer driving by getting your battery tested for free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. And they should also test Andy's battery. I do need like three. I do need a battery tested. You do? Yeah, O'Reilly's. I'm coming. Thinking about changing your car? Get the latest on everything with a Go pedal at OurAutoExpert.com. 
Catch up with previous episodes of the show. Our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily at ourautoexpert.com. We're here 24-7 in the studio next to me. Nick Miles is our auto expert's very own automatic Andy. And on the phone is our auto expert's very own Mike Cadell, who's at his home in Tennessee. Uh, Mike, you just avoided the nasty storms, which are not that far from you in Kentucky. Oh, they start tomorrow, though, boys. We are working right now to get ourselves prepared. We've got a little bit of stormage coming through. We have had rain on and off throughout the week, of course. I decided to duck out on town, headed down to Atlanta for a few days, and left my wife and kids to fend for themselves. Uh, nice man. Did you just leave them with some arm floaties? Man, amazing husband and father, right? Hey, guys, storm's coming. I'm going to leave town, but you guys stay here. <laughs> Fun. Um you uh, you are one of the early adopters of the new Ford Bronco, but they've been having a, a couple of hiccups in the lineup. They got a little recall. Yeah, you know what? I'd say it's fair to say they've been having some hiccups, but in true Ford fashion, I think they're backing it up with the right recipe to mitigate frustration from consumers, right? When NHTSA issues a probe, which is what is what has gone into play. So for those listening, Ford Motor Company this week, uh, NHTSA, the National Highway Transportation Safety Authority, administration, I always get that administration. A, yeah. administration, you know, they basically came out and, you know, said, look, we're launching a probe into Ford's 2.7 liter engine, uh, that it loses power uh, under under pressure on on the freeway, so they're going to do some research on this. They're going to determine you know what the issues are now. Coincidentally, when I was on last before taking a a minor hiatus, you guys know that I had some mechanical issues with my Bronco, and um, it is now home. But what Ford's doing, which I think is great, is they're saying, look, if there's a catastrophic or impending problem with your mechanical part of the motor, transmission, etc., they're slapping a 100,000-mile powertrain warranty on their vehicles. Right. So that at least puts consumers at ease that they're doing something to make it better. Now, this is going to do the probe, and they are going to determine that there are some issues because if it makes its way to probe level, that means there is some form of an issue. Now, I will say this before I, I, I yield my time back over, is that every given day in the U.S., NHTSA, issues a recall on an automaker. Yeah. Ford right now is leading the pack, I think, at 22,000 different uh, different vehicles impacted by a recall. But it's part of the auto industry, right? you got these new vehicles on the road. Ford's launching more vehicles than anyone else. And I think that they're doing the right thing with the powertrain warranty, and now they just need to fix the problem. Oh, no, there, there is hundreds of thousands of vehicles in the last 8 to 10 days that got recalls. I mean... You know, Chrysler, uh, the, 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 uh, the Stellantis group alone, I mean, it just in one vehicle line has has a whole bunch. Audi had 52,000 recalls. I mean, there, there's there's a lot. And, and some of them are for minor things and some of them, I mean, things like, you know, the third brake light not always working. There's some minor things. There's some major things. And there's very small numbers. It could be as little as 3,000 vehicles affected and some it's Right. as many as 50,000. So right. I don't think, I think we, we get so bored of talking about recalls so many times that um, 
you know, we forget to talk about them all the time. And sometimes they're just little things like this could happen and that could happen. But sometimes when they are life-threatening, and so we should never sort of forget that recalls have to be dealt with. They have to be dealt with, and in the case of Ford, you know what, you have a problem, you fix it. And, and just to clarify what I, my statement earlier, they have 22 different vehicle lines that have a NHTSA recall on it, which could equate to lots and lots and lots yeah. of vehicles yeah um but it's something we deal with every single day but this one happened to be pretty big because it's on one of their most popular vehicles the bronco's been out i have mine i love mine um and you know you, you just deal with it and there's no reason to get upset or frustrated about it. you just go you know what it's a mechanical moving object yeah. and you they did a great job by the way our bronco when i was on last you know my bronco was not with me we'd already departed parted ways on it and it was returned within seven days with a brand-new transmission and oil cooler and oil pan. Yeah. I mean, they rushed parts. They did a great job. And I have nothing but great things to say about what Ford did in this process. Yeah. No, they, um, mo most companies will take care of the recall immediately, and uh, they carry insurance on it, and uh, they, there's a good reason to get it done. Um, I'm, right. I've even got a recall on my vehicle. It's only a software recall, and we can do it with an over-the-air update, but uh, software exactly. has to be flashed. So. I feel like there exactly. is something important going on because there's so many recalls. Like maybe three or four months ago, maybe it was just a really bad time or everyone just messed I up I don't know if bit. it really changes. Can tell you why? I can tell you why. Okay. I have, I have this is 100% the answer why you're seeing recalls right now. So, And it's going to make a lot of sense. covid so you have to you have to kind of backtrace oh, and, yeah. and relook at how all of this happened, right? COVID hits and the world shuts down. Well, automakers still had to continue building vehicles, so they went to very, very, very limited staff on site. Some of the plants closed down for a period of time, but when they brought people back, there was definitely six to ten to twelve feet of separation, and there were masks, and they went to limited staff. So. What that meant was limited number of eyeballs, hands, and feet working on a vehicle. And so we've actually started to term some of these vehicles that we're calling them COVID vehicles uh, because mm. the fit and finish wasn't at the quality level, the, the QVM, quality vehicle management level, that you would expect for a vehicle coming off the, the traditional assembly line. So the vehicles that hit the market, great. this is a great example. My Bronco's a 2021. It was one of the very first 7,500 of the first editions that came off the assembly line. It was so exciting to get it, right? And it's still exciting. Like, I love driving it every single day, and I don't care about the hiccups with it. But with that said, we are starting to now realize that some of the things that we were doing during the COVID period of time when manufacturing was at a either standstill or limited number, we're now, we're now kind of coming full circle on that with, with more recalls than you've had in the past. And so that kind of – and it's in every industry, by the way um, – uh, a boat that we have has it has issues it was built during covid and yeah. you know you're just seeing that and we'll figure I, it out that's the good news yeah i get it he's putting the fancy back in pants our auto expert nick miles uh, this is our auto expert radio show on facebook twitter and instagram you can start a car conversation with us ask us that car question you've always wanted to know just direct messages at our auto expert our auto expert is where two million americans get their automotive news daily i'm your host nick miles along with auto andy sitting in the chair to my left and on the phone is mike cudell all right mike so buick is on your roster of vehicles that are arriving in your driveway 
Um, but Buick is kind of a mystery to a lot of Americans. It was this car company of old. They called it the doctor's car at one point, the sort of professional car, not too ostentatious. But Buick has become somewhat of a king in China and really disappeared somewhat from the American landscape. Uh, but what is Buick? Who are Buick? Where are they going uh, in the future? I know. So my grandfather had a Buick Skylark, and it was amazing. It was this big boat, and we would drive from their house in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, to Clear Lake. And it was just this – we would be listening to Stevie Wonder, and it was like this most amazing experience, super comfortable, like everything, and it was just amazing, right? And it got the, the Riviera and, like – but it's just guys like, look, it, Buick is a hard denomination right now because the competition level is so prevalent. Like you've got the Hyundai Palisade, the Kia Telluride. You've got some incredible competition out there that are not only marketing to a younger demographic, but they're building to a younger demographic. So, for example, and I'll, I'll just use this as a, a, a really uh, unique example, is that and we've laughed, right, guys? My wife, we got a Bronco. My wife is like, yeah, Bronco, woo Like, And then six months in, and Nick and I have had this conversation, Andy, multiple times. And mm. She'll get to six months, and she'll be like, yeah, I want luxury again. And, of course, that's what's happened, right? So I get to – we were choosing. What, what is it we want to be in next? And, you know, we're, we're looking at an aviator. And, you know, I obviously mm. have an affinity to that brand, but we're, the aviator's beautiful, the black label, like – and so my concern about Buick is that are they still relevant to the, the average American consumer? Like, how do you get them? They're, by the way, I'm sitting in a Buick uh, Encore Avenir right now. And um, it is, uh, sorry, an Enclave Avenir right now. And it's a, it's a great car. Like, it's got beautiful wood trim accents. It's got a nice little touchscreen system. You know it's a General Motors product, so it's got some great technology inside of it. It's very comfortable. It's got captain seats, perforated seats, heated cooling, like everything that you want in a car. But hmm. the competition's fierce, right? So if you're looking for a car, what is it you're going to, to venture into? Well, something that's familiar. So um, I love it. But I, I'm trying to understand how we get more people to take interest in it. And I think it's going to start with exterior design and probably nameplate change. You know, the Buick Awesome. We're going to just call it Awesome. Yeah, I, th right? I agree with you. I think they need to do something with the marketing, too. Because when I think Buick, at least in my opinion, they, you know, I think Buick is being over the top huge and comfortable and luxurious. And I think they need to, I think they need to just be the first ones to put a full on love seat in the back. Duh. <laughs> just they really need to change the game and make make their lane make their own lane because you said there's just there's so much competition and it's it's being uh it's being uh dwarfed their their cool the the coolness of it the the buick part of it is not being it's not in the spotlight so they gotta it, do something over the top yeah you're totally right and and if you look at two brands that have really reinvented themselves even more so in the last few years right nick just got done doing a test drive of the new cadillac escalade and, and it was one of their highest trim levels. And Nick and I were talking about it. He said, you know what the craziest part about it is? What was the price of it, Nick? How much was it? A hundred and what? Uh, like over 150. Ugh. And sold out. Sold yeah. out, right? Because Cadillac has reinvented itself into being a cool 
luxury brand. And to be honest, Lincoln has done it too with the Aviator. Now, Lincoln's got a ways to go with their you know passenger vehicles, um, but but from what I hear, they've got some big news coming out on that front here in the very near future. But putting that all aside, Buick needs to reinvent itself. It's got to start with design, and then it's got to start with marketing. And if they do that, they'll they'll be able to survive. If they stay the way they are, it it's it's going to be difficult. And again, it's a great car that I'm in right now. But how do you convert people into really taking more interest in it? I think it's well powered, plenty of creature comforts, tons of room. Like, there's no reason I wouldn't want this on a road trip. It, but you got to be able to tell more people that. Yeah. It, it's really difficult when you look at that segment that Escalade is in um, and you start to look down because there are five vehicles in that segment. The Escalade, the uh, Grand, Wa- Grand Wagoneer, the Navigator, yeah. the QX80, the LX. So there's five vehicles in that category. And the own the Escalade is by far the biggest seller. It yes. dwarfs the next vehicle below it. And so automatically you would look at the Escalade and you think, well, what's number two? So out of everyone guessing, without looking at my screen, Andy, what what's number two? So... You have the choice. Escalade is number one, and mm. number two would be Wagoneer, uh, Navigator, QX80, or LX. What do you think number two is? Uh, the QX. All right. What do you think number two is? Is Mike? QX. QX. Number two. May- num- yeah, maybe, maybe the Lexus. Number two is the Wagoneer. Whoa. Is it? Yeah. Interesting. But it is. It sells just over a third of what Escalade sells. Oh come on. So Escalade sells 10,000 a quarter and Wagoneer sells about 4,000 a quarter. Hmm. So, but next, I will tell you they're going to catch up. Yeah. Next yeah. is the QX. The new vehicle. Next Brand is, new platform. Right. Next is the QX. Uh, sorry. Next is the, uh, the Navigator, then the QX, and last is the LX. And so there is huge amount. And by the way, the Navigator is only uh, about 30 vehicles below the Wagoneer. The QX is only sells about eighteen hundred a quarter, and LX sells about twelve hundred a quarter. So they're they're right. not very big sellers, but the the Escalade sells nearly ten thousand a quarter of those right. vehicles. It's it's crazy. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it, it is interesting. You can buy a Navigator right now if you want one on a dealership lot, and I can tell you, without question, that Aviator is their that is their star. I mean, they are. You cannot keep those on lots. I found one. Uh, of course, you know, living here in Nashville, you're going to pay a premium. I found one in, I'm not, I, I don't even want to say because I don't want anyone listening to go buy it. It's in Plymouth, Michigan. Right. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, that talk, and I talked to their general manager, and he's like, we can keep prices low because our inventory and our current geographical area allow us to be more, yeah. uh, you know, more fruitful. I mean, some vehicles don't sell well in certain areas. Um, you know, the RAV4 Prime, there's a two-year waiting list for that vehicle in California. That's the plug-in um, hybrid version of the RAV4. But yet Correct. I had a friend that bought one in um, upstate uh, New York area, and uh, he had said that the dealer had two on the lot, and they were going for MSRP. Yet there's a two-year yep. waiting list in California. It's crazy. Yep, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it is crazy. Um, you guys want to switch in gears here for a second? Guess guess where I will be coming?
coming to you live from next week. Tell me. Sturgis. Oh. What? You're going to have your leathers yes, on. Sir. Yeah, I am going to be at Sturgis, but I'm not going to Sturgis under the the typical or traditional MO. Uh, I am going to learn. So the fastest growing uh, motorcycle sport right now is American flat track. So that's on dirt. Guys on yeah. motorcycles sliding them sideways. So I am. It's it's called a slide course, and a uh, week from Sunday, I'm going to learn how to slide a motorcycle on a dirt track. What? Wait purposely. Mike? Purposely. Wait. Are you Wait serious? Yes, sir. A- Andy's all excited. So, no, that's cool because I feel like the natural progression as that is is next. You're going to be telling us, hey, guys, I'm on the set of the new Marvel movie doing stunts. I'm going to be doing Ant-Man stunts or the Hulks. That's it. That's it. Captain America ride the motorcycle, oh, dude. You know Me. what? You know who else is coming into the MCU is uh, Ghost Rider, and you can play Johnny Storm. Uh, or not Johnny Storm, Johnny awesome. Blaze, yeah. Johnny Blaze. Yep. That's I next. I'm, I'm calling it right I'm, now. I'm looking at Automatic Andy and watching pimples come out on his face. I'm just, you, I'm so just, excited about that news, Mike. You went back Mike. to teenager. That's huge. You're going to be sliding around. That's going to be so cool, Mike. It's going to be cool. But, I mean, I love that he just switched to Marvel, which is my son and I. <laughs> we just got done watching Miss Marvel. By the way, if you have not watched Miss Marvel. So good. It is, it is actually... <sighs> Such a great six-episode uh, series. Yeah, I, I dug it. Especially the end. The reveal was huge. Yeah, it was huge. Huge. It's like being in amongst of teenagers. Yeah, here. yeah. Nick, don't worry about it. We're just we're talking about motorcycles and, and Miss Marvel. Okay. Yeah, I feel a little bit left out right now. <laughs> it's, like, it's crazy. Well, look you at know. Buick. Look at Buick. It's not a bad brand. It just and the cars are great. They just need a little bit of. They need a little bit of love. I just watched Sea Beast on Netflix. Is that cool? Huh? So we'll be back next See, week. Yeah, Sea Beast. <laughs> it's a cartoon. Yeah. All right. <laughs> There's you got a little bit of street cred, Nick. All right. Watching cartoons. Let's start. Uh, all right, Mike. Uh, <laughs> did you know that? Did you know that that Buick was the first American brand in China? There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's what I know about Buick. And they made them from part. They made them from extra parts that they shipped across in crates. And the Chinese probably kids not going to ever send me a car again. <laughs> put them yeah, together. Never get the car again, dude. I'm glad you guys told you me that. We have to be realistic. We have yeah. to be realistic. It's a great car. They need. They need to rebrand themselves. Uh, well, I, I think their their concepts for the futures look pretty cool. Um, I they just do. hope they actually make them. That's my big thing. Will yeah. they actually make them? Um, and let's see. The future of Buick looks good, but they actually have to get it together and make the vehicles. If you think he's an automotive intellectual, you should try his spicy peanut butter chicken. Our auto expert, Nick Miles. Over 20,000 people have downloaded our auto expert podcast and many more streamers. Join the app and listeners via iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, ourautoexpert.com. Yep, hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert Radio Show. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from Our Auto Expert. All right, we talked at the top of the uh, the uh, show, the entertainment here, about uh, Andy's experiences with uh, worst drivers from states you visited. Um, so Horrible. Horrible. Washington, D.C. sucked. Uh, you said Wyoming. Washington, D.C. Tell us about it. The turnabouts. Those things, you mean roundabouts? Them too. Them I don't. Too. I don't understand the whole like because if you're not in the one lane, then you're just you're gonna be in you that circle for your hours. Potatoes. 
Yeah, I don't. The whole premise of it. I mean, it's the it's the state capital. Get it together. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, no wonder they have to shut the block down for the president. It's not because of security. It's because it's bad drivers. They don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, there are. There is a list of worst states of uh, the United States. I will be shocked if Washington D.C. is not on it. Uh, number one of worst states. Should we do number one first? No, let's do it last. Okay. Uh, let's do number ten. Alaska. Well, because it's so cold, and they have 24 hours of light. There's a lot of alcohol. I always seem to think that people in Alaska drink a lot. Yeah. That's a massive contributing factor. There's a lot of seal oil. <laughs> seal oil. There's a lot. <laughs> seal skin oil. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to think about that. That's nasty. Slippery. New Mexico, nine. Never had an experience there. It's hot. Te- Texas, yeah. It's too big. Um. Is that why they're bad? Because it's too big? Yeah, each lane is like biggie there, size. I will tell you, like, if you get into Dallas, it seems like there's 25 lanes across. Often because, you know, there's like a freeway splitting off a freeway. I have friends who uh, live in Dallas and they're like, yeah, I just live north of Dallas. Where well, You didn't tell me it's like an hour north of Dallas, but they're still in Dallas. They've- it takes forever to get across the city. They have Forever. freeways spliced off into freeways? Yeah, there's That's like five freeways running together, and you have to be in the right lane to continue on your freeway. No, no, no. See, that's like putting, that's like plugging in an extension cord and doing an extension cord. Yeah, it's but it's worse than that. There's like five extension cords plugged into one. Uh, it's it's complicated to know which one is which. Um, South Carolina, there I have had experiences that have been bad. Mm, South Kakalaka. I had an ambulance... So I was driving South Carolina on a Buick, no, not a Buick, um, a Chevy launch, and uh, an ambulance was coming towards me on the wrong side of the road, not with its lights and sirens on, but there was no one at the driver's seat. What? Yeah. So I'm driving, and I look up, and there's this ambulance coming towards me with nobody in the in the driver's seat. But it's moving. It's moving. See, that's in why I stay lane. out of the south. Yeah, that's in my lane. And I turn to my uh, camera person and say, uh, hey, what's going on here? And I'm getting ready to like drive on the shoulder or something, and it's getting closer, and maybe it's 100 yards away at this time. I'm doing about 35, 40, and I'm like, I'm just going to go up the embankment. And then up from under the dash comes this paramedic and like pops up from under the dash, and he'd been fishing under the dash for something like a CD or something. He goes, oh, <laughs> he moves into the correct lane. Oh, I'm like, come on. The language comes out of my mouth like, <laughs> wake up, Chauncey. Yeah, figure it out. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're doing, but you're in my lane for about five or six seconds. Dang. And I'm like, uh, help. Yeah, that was probably the most frightening moment in my life. It's that was uh, South Carolina. Arizona. Don't remember Arizona, but, you know, there is a large population of over 80s in Arizona. Well, yeah, that and it, the, the tires stick to the road. <laughs> so, so they have they have a physical problem for yeah, bad, driving badly. That's it. California, enough said. Florida, same problem, large population of elderly people. I just looked at the next state <laughs> up and I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say just leave it at large population. <laughs> you know, large population. I just looked at the next state up. Yeah, there you go. That makes Tennessee. Yeah, oh, did Mike hang up already? Mike? Mike Cadell. He lives in Tennessee. Nevada. 
I don't know what their excuse is in Nevada. It's is the, it the gambling? No, that and Las it's, Vegas. It's the weirdest shaped state. It's <laughs> that, that's almost, a reason for driving yeah, badly. Beca- well, because the the lanes are askew because it's almost a box, but then there's this little bit at the end. I don't end. understand what that has to do with driving badly. Because clearly the lanes aren't right because <laughs> they couldn't figure out the lines still of the state. Not, still not making the connection here. There's an extra bit at the bottom and it I throws think off everything by me. I think it's because uh, it has a lot of visitors. I think I think you're onto something with the gambling too, though. I think I think as a lot of visitors, I think what happens is a lot of people actually aren't from the state. They visit. Yeah. They get rental cars and they do stupid stuff. It's true. They just don't know what they and 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 Vegas is so busy, and there's a lot of weird like can't turn left and this and people don't know they're visiting and they go oh God, well, I I need to go over there. Well, I'm going to make this turn. Oh, oh it, what, I don't care if it says it's illegal. Smash. Well, yeah, they're down on the strip and oh, I missed my the the exit for the 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 buffet place. Let me just cross six lanes of traffic. Worst state in the union. Surprised by this. Uh the worst drivers are in Mississippi. M I S S I S S I P P I. Yeah. Why Mississippi? Why do you think the reason for that is? Clearly, way too many letters. Mississippi took the spot for the worst drivers in the nation for three years in a row. Mississippi has the second lowest rate of insured drivers at 76%. That puts almost 25% of drivers, additionally, uninsured. Additionally, the second highest numbers of fatalities per 100 million vehicle miles traveled at one63 so you're more likely to die um, or hit an uninsured driver in Mississippi. <laughs> so you're going to get die and not anything for it. Yeah, and you that won't get su- money for it. That sucks. No, the, you see, we know from the traveler's insurance spots that we do on this show that you are insured against uninsured drivers if you have insurance. See, we need to, and travelers need to double down on their billboards yeah. in Mississippi. No, just stay out of Mississippi. That's that. that. That's it. Sorry, if you're listening in Mississippi to one of our 200, sta- 200 stations that we're on. I love you. No, we're, on, we're not on 200. We're on 2,400 stations. We have 200, 2 million listeners. We're on 2,400 stations. If you're in one of our 2,400 stations, sorry. Sorry, guys. Do better. Yeah. Just demand your congressman does something about Mississippi being the worst drivers in the union. I feel for you. Yeah, that's bad. That's a I'm bad at math, but I don't like any of those statistics. Yeah. Do you know what any of them mean? I'm roughly like I it means more than I would want number-wise. It there's means not more enough, than I would want. Yeah, there's not I would like more zeros I'd like to, of numbers. I'd like to I'd like to sell your mortgage and is that okay if I do? Yeah, no, that's fine. Okay. Find us, follow us, direct message your questions or comments. At Our Auto Expert on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest of the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, and on smart speaker. This is Our Auto Expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Travelers believe that every second matters when it comes to driving, and these days, too many people are distracted behind the wheel. Travelers' risk index shows, despite one-third of respondents... 
stating their own driving has improved over the past couple of years. Most admit to making phone calls and reading text messages while driving, regardless of what people may think of their driving habits. Government statistics shows there's been a 20% increase in car crashes and fatalities since 2019. Drive safely, put away your phone and avoid distractions. It could save your life. Those words from travelers. All right, just to let you know, he is a senior manager for PR and communications at Genesis Motors uh, Motor North America. Um, Jared Pallett spent the week uh, or good part of the week with me in Key Largo in uh, Florida. Uh, I was attached to a massaging uh, chair in the back of the brand new Genesis G90. Jared was running around making sure that uh, everybody was well informed and comfortable uh, and uh, making sure we all had everything we need as far as the new G90 was concerned. Do you get some uh, R&R now, Jared? Um, not yet. We're still hard at work getting ready for this new car to launch. I wish we could have swapped places and I could have sat in the massage seats instead of you, Nick. I have to tell you, it was uh, pretty hard having to leave the pleasurable beaches of South Florida. Um, but you you have a pretty cool car with the G90. Uh, its competition should probably be quaking a little bit because you've always had I guess, good game with the, with the G90, but you've stepped it up materials, game-wise, performance-wise. Uh, the vehicle really is, I would say, a spar on wheels, definitely in the back row. I mean, first of all, the car looks great, right? I mean, a really bold design, really cool two lines uh, signature in the headlamps and all around the vehicle. But yeah, Nick, I mean, you, you know it now that you've been in it. The back seat is a great place to spend time. Uh, I mean, all of those different rest positions you can put the seat in, the massage seats, the heated seats, they're also cooled and ventilated, which, you know, this week in South Florida was very helpful because of the, the heat and humidity. I mean, there's so much you can do back there. I mean, uh, those pillow accessories, uh, I, I hope you enjoyed them and didn't fall asleep too much. Yeah, it was hard not to uh, to doze off, I will tell you. The, I've never had uh, pillow accessories that were quite as comfortable as that. What is stuffed inside those pillows? Because I probably should probably get some for my, uh, for my king-size bed. <laughs> they were the, fl the fluffiness from heaven, really. Really super comfortable. Uh yeah, I have to tell you, I, I actually don't know. I haven't had a chance yet. Uh, this, you know, as you mentioned, this car's not out yet. Um, so I haven't had a chance to, to look at the beautiful packaging that they come in and, and see what's stuffed inside. But gosh, I mean, I got home last night and uh, and went to bed in my bed and said, oh, gosh, yeah, these <laughs> no. pillows aren't quite as comfortable yeah. as the ones in the back of the new G90. The, the pillars of, uh, of Genesis are interesting because the the final pillar really talks about something that no automaker ha, does and that talks about um, something that is where the car where Genesis comes from and that's Korea. Yes, I mean th there's a couple things you should know about Genesis. Yes, we are from Korea and uh, we're very proud of our Korean identity. Um, if you ever have a chance to visit New York City, for example, you can eat at our traditional Korean restaurant uh, in, in the meatpacking district. But beyond that, just the way we design our cars, for example, Nick, in the car that you drove, 
there's this beautiful metal inlay in the wood and carbon door trim that's etched in using an ancient uh, Korean um, art technique that's hundreds and hundreds of years old. I mean, we, we pay very, very close attention to the details, and, and we're very proud of, of who we are as a Korean brand because uh, if you're not familiar with Korea, it's a country that's known for craftsmanship and excellence and, and just you know attention to detail, and, and we're very proud of that. I think one of the things that um, I was super surprised at is how fine and how beautiful everything is on the inside and how clean. And again, most Americans aren't as familiar with Korea um, as, as they'd like to be. Korea is a country that really looks at everything. It's, it's kind of the cleanliness of Sweden in that sort of clean Swedish minimalist idea, but it's sort of the purity of Japan. Um, and I'm trying to give sort of people an idea, but then the high technology of China and then the, the sort of incredible gourmet ideas from France. And it's sort of all those elements, but it has its own identity, which is is this sort of Korean identity. Um, and it's distinctly Korean. Um, and this is one of the things that you sort of learn as you're in the G90. It has its own distinct identity, yet it has this cleanliness and this refined artisticness. And I really love the style just because it's so simple and refined and clean. And those ideas are very pleasant. And I, I just kept thinking about, oh my, this is the last place I want to put five dogs. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You, you might want to preserve that beautiful interior of that G90, but um, my goodness, I mean, you, you hit it on the head, Nick. There, there's nothing else on the road quite like it. It has its own unique character. I mean, it's, it's exactly like Korea. It's modern and it's high tech. I mean, it's got all of the features you would expect from, you know, a state-of-the-art connected uh, car system, which, by the way, for, for those of your listeners who use an Apple or a Samsung phone, and, and I suspect that most of them do, I mean, you can keep your car key on your phone. You can text it to someone if, if they need to take your car. I mean, this is great technology. So it's, it's really advanced, but at the same time, very refined. You know, we respect ancient traditions with the craftsmanship of the car. So, I, I mean, it's the perfect balance of all of those things. There, there's this um, ecological idea, too, with the sort of the rolled newspaper in some of the trim as well. Explain that. Yeah, this is really interesting. And, and so, you know, I, I think everyone knows that paper comes from trees and, and from wood. And, and one of the things we like to put in, in our cars um, to, to give you a really nice sensory experience, it feels great to the touch and it looks great, is, is wood. A lot of High-end cars have wood trim in them. And so um, on some of our interiors, um, we have taken uh, recycled newsprint and we've kind of forged it back together uh, into the wood trim. So we have some, uh, on, on select interior combinations, some of that wood trim is actually made from recycled newspaper. So uh, it was wood and then it was newspaper. And, and now it's wood again. So, um, you know, just a, a great idea, a very sustainable idea as well. Yeah, it's sort of rolled really, really tight and then sort of cross-cut so it looks like wood again, um, yet it's sort of this black and white idea. I, I found that really fascinating and um, just just in the way it's been made back into wood or to look like wood again was really uh, fascinating as well. Um, it's 
a very luxurious, fine vehicle on the outside, uh, on the inside, and yet on the outside too, it has a very refined look as well. Uh, the headlights are something to behold because, um, and this is something you mentioned to me uh, when I got to see you for the first time at the event, was a lot of times people think the headlights of the new G90 are something that uh, were should have been on a concept car, but you rolled them out on the production car. Um, and they're, I think, the narrowest headlights that we found uh, on any production car ever. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're certainly the narrowest headlamps that I've ever seen on, on a production car. And again, this is this just speaks to the ingenuity and creativity of our engineers and designers working together. You know, they found this challenge. You know, at Genesis, we've got this really distinct two-line look that we have that permeates our brand and our vehicles. And rather than saying, you know what, we can't do this, we're just going to put a, tradi a traditional projector headlamp in and, and call it a day, uh, the team challenged itself to come up with a new technology, and this is called MLA or multi-lens array and basically uh, it's all these little squares that have tons of little LED pixels in them and once they all come together they're so powerful and actually powerful enough to become not just your daytime running lights but also your low beams and your high beams so this new technology um, we were able to create these really beautiful thin headlamps and, and I think that people are really going to notice them on the road and, and really appreciate them. Uh, the front looks very modern. Um, I like to call it the modern dragonfly uh, with the sort of the four wings and the body up front. Um, it can either flow over water, um, you know, very gracefully or dart uh, when it drives through traffic. And then at the back, it really looks like that sort of traditional, almost regal um, royal car with the uh, the lines and the rear quarter panel and uh the rear portion of the vehicle, it sort of has the stateliness of, um, a, I would say, a royal carriage at the back and this sort of very modern look at the front. And the wheels are almost like um, a very complex star fruit. They're, they're just sort of beautifully designed. Yeah, I mean, the, the design is, is very striking when you see it. I mean, we've got that very elegant uh, front fascia that's actually, I know, Nick, you've always said that you think it looks like a dragonfly, and actually, I kind of agree with you a little bit there, but it's derived from our wing badge logo. I mean, the, the shield, the big grill, I mean, that's yeah. from the center of our logo, and the two lines are actually the wings that yeah. wrap around the entire car. In fact, as far as I know, I think we're the only automotive brand that actually takes our logo and, and makes uses it, yeah. it in, in the design of our vehicle. Yeah, makes it look like the whole thing. Uh, Jared Pallet is the guy who's in charge of the public relations for Genesis, and you can find more on the 2023 Genesis G90 at uh, the Genesis website. Find us, follow us, direct message your questions or comments. At Our Auto Expert on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. This is our auto expert radio show. Our auto experts on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. Start a conversation with us. Ask us a car question. Just direct messages at our auto expert. It's where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. Ourautoexpert.com. I'm in the studio with Automatic Andy. Uh, are you feeling very automatic today? Yeah, because it wasn't a manual car that I drove. Because I, when I when I get those, I just have to patiently wait for the next week. Oh, because it has two brakes. I don't know what to do with two brakes, man. I told you that when I drove one car, when I 
passengers in one car in Germany it had two brakes. Yeah, I freaked out a little two bit. Co- yeah. Because I knew that now I was validated. Yeah. <laughs> there are cars with two brakes. It's annoying. Engine brakes are. Um, tell us what you were test driving this week. Nick, I was I was all up in the 2022 oh. Acura MDX SH all-wheel drive Type S Advanced. <sighs> um, I, by the way, went to the launch of this car in uh, California. Was it amazing? Napa. I love it. I really love it. I would say I wouldn't have one of the bright colors that it came in. Oh, boy. Do you like the bright colors? Yeah, I felt like I was in, I think it's called like Tiger's Eye something. Yeah, Tiger tiger Eye, Tiger but Eye Yellow. It was more like... If you're close me. enough to know a Tiger's Eye color, you're too close. Yeah, I Just wonder saying. Who, who reported that. Yeah, um, but I they, looked, they reported it quickly. Yeah, and, just <laughs> and then one they time. were done. Nick, I looked... The Tiger's Eye Yellow... <laughs> Nick, I looked so extravagant in it. You did? Because it was it was like money yellow is what I call it. Money yellow. Yeah. Um, money yellow. So Nick, there's a few things about the car that I like. Yeah. Uh, no, I do, there is one big thing that I don't like, and I'll save it for the end. Oh. But this is you can't the, tease. That's that's a long tease. It's just a little tickler. Okay. Uh, this this car is Acura trying to take. It's it. nice when you know you're getting a tickler. Uh, you got, there's a tickler coming. Even when you brace for it, it still yeah. tickles. Yeah. That's like awesome. I'm bracing for it right now. You know it's coming. Yeah. Use your core muscles. Okay. Um, this is Acura. I'm my breath. Go on. Engage, I know it's coming, but just go on. Engage your core. I've got, got it. it. This is Acura trying to, to get out of like the Cadillac XT6 and the Infiniti QX price range and, and hierarchy of luxury. This, okay. is, this is them saying, you know what? We're competing with the Audi, the BMW Q, or X5, yeah. the Audi Q7, the yeah. Genesis GV80. Yeah. That's and I think they succeeded. They said, "Hey, knock knock. We're uh we're here now." Yeah. So, a few things that I liked about it was we had the advanced package and yeah. I looked into that cuz you can get just an MDX type S, but yeah. this is the advanced. Yeah. So It's one step beyond. It, the, one step beyond. It's so much gooder. I mean, one of the things that I liked was, you know, of course it has you get the heat steering Hang wheel. Hang a second. Good is not a word. Go on. And I'm going to I'm going to make it one. Okay. It has heated and cooled driver's seats. Hang a second. Seats. Hang a second. Good as now word. Go on. See? Thank you. Uh, it has heating, heated and cooled driver's seats, Nick. Yeah. With a little something for the back seat, letting them get their their seats warmed. Yeah, yeah. Nick, it has 25 speakers from ELS Studio. And yeah. I have some more to say about that in a specific... It has its own... It's like number four of the five. Okay, Elliot, Shana, go. It's a good one. Yeah. Nick, there is a cabin intercom system because why do you need to be bothered making eye contact go ahead you guys in the back quit talking because i don't want to have to move my head yeah and then you can you can kick you can wave your leg under the back end of it and the back and the thing opens has a waving lead thing opener yeah, yeah you can put that's where you put all your groceries you just yeah. move your leg a little bit yeah i did like a shimmy like a okay. like i was using my leg as a like a land sweeper a leg land sweeper shimmy yeah and it worked um, Nick, the second thing that I liked about it, it's the big beauty. It slaps you in the throat with 355 horsepower from a three liter turbo V6. I like to be slapped in the other area, but go on. But it's right, right in the throat neck. Okay. The throat neck area. Nick, it's married to a rear based super handling all wheel drive system and that you really need that for sport and sport plus mode, which segues me into number three, the different driving modes, Nick. Yeah. 
um the the way you did it in the car it was really it's really cool it has a cool like its own individual toggle button yeah right in the middle yeah and you can just press it a few times and it says ding and then it goes to the next one and then right. it says ding and then you go to the the one that you want okay and you keep dinging and ding me through them uh normal snow no, no. it's it's like keep the going. seven doors normal snow yeah, comfort yeah. no sport yeah, and individual right. modes all right and sport and sport plus oh okay. I, I like the plus go on um nick it was the, so the audio part of it, the cool part, yeah. they they commissioned the legendary eight-time Grammy award-winning guy Elliot, Elliot Shiner. Shiner. Yeah, my buddy. So they did. They used they used the the Carnegie Hall as like the the framework on the inside. Yeah. And when you look at the schematics of the car, there's like there's a speaker in every inch of the car. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. And they did this first. Like it's never really been done before. Yeah. They 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 did the sound from the door. The center dash and the center console mounted speakers to deliver this perfectly balanced left to right audio experience like Carnegie Hall. Is. Yeah, that's that, Nick. That's a big one. You have a concert. It's and I do. Yeah, it was my favorite concert. Car. I can hear you coming two blocks away. It's like top three. Yeah. And then Acura's first massaging seats with nine different modes. Nick, yeah. the Type S with the advanced package yeah. only. You know my you, favorite. Which one? Shih Tzu. Yeah, that one. That's my favorite. It's the one that it that allows you to. It goes up and down the spine. Shiatsu is like I like to lie there and get like pummeled. There's, it's like there. Oh, <laughs> it gets my whole back. I don't. I have lower back issues. Like my legs go numb on the right or my just my right leg and yeah, it's like you got some lordosis. Yeah, they have wave shiatsu step awake fusion. Is that you say it? Lower shiatsu? back. Upper back rejuvenation und zen. I didn't try the zen. That sounds I boring. I don't it's want. Like, sounds like sleep massage. Yeah, I don't want to. If, it, if it's not somebody like, pow. Thinking about changing your car? Get the latest on everything with a go pedal at ourautoexpert.com. This is our auto expert radio show. I'm Nick Miles. It's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can start a conversation with us. Ask us a car question. Just direct messages at our auto expert. It's where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. O'Reilly Auto Parts is here to keep your car on the road with the right parts, advice from the professional parts people, and their free loaner tool too. There is no need to purchase a tool if you're going to use it once. Your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store has more than 80 specialty tools available to rent for your next repair. Reusable deposits and refundable deposits required at the time of rental. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today and ask about their free loaner tool program. Uh, Just visit O'Reilly.com. All right, so big deal. Uh, there is a brand new Chevy Blazer EV. I have to tell you, pretty excited about this. Uh, you know, Chevy have uh, been, or GM as a whole company, has been getting ready to do an electrification program. Chevrolet have been getting to do, ready to uh, reveal lots of their electric vehicles. And first and foremost, the Blazer was uh, rolled out just recently, the EV version. I have to say, it was uh, one of the nicest vehicles that I have seen in a long time, looking at it. It's a 2024, um, and looking at it uh, front and back, was extremely pleased, but the size was probably uh, one of the vehicles that uh, I would say gave me 
I'm going to say one of the most excited looks at an electric vehicle in a long time. Expected it to look like a lot of the other electric vehicles uh, which came around. So uh, Justin is on the phone. He is one of the design team. Um, Justin, first of all, did you uh, ha want to make it look like an electric vehicle from start to finish? Or did you want to make it uh, look like uh, ever, you know, the Blazer itself? Because it looks like a Blazer, but it looks like a modern twist on the Blazer. Yeah, I, I think you're keying into a lot of what we had in our minds in the studio. I think first and foremost, we wanted it to stand out in the segment. We wanted to create something that, was, that really felt highly expressive, something that felt dynamic, rather than kind of blending into the, the sea of the strong segments. And Chevrolet has a really rich performance history, you know, creating vehicles that makes you feel something. Um, we had a, a mon in the design studio. We wanted to create a design that raises your heartbeat and we kind of reflect on some of the work we've done with our Corvettes and Camaros of old. And uh, we wanted to kind of channel that ethos into the Blazer EV. So, yeah, I think you're picking up on exactly what we were trying to target there. Something that really has a unique character, something you're not seeing too much of elsewhere. You know, over time, uh, when we first saw the first electric vehicles come out, they had that horrible, like, uh, aerodynamic uh, covering of the rear wheels, and they always had that split rear windshield with... Um, the the sort of fin on the back and they look really really awful but as time has gone on uh, everybody sort of managed to start designing their vehicles um, to look like I mean uh, we always said at some point in the future electric vehicles will just be called vehicles right because everything will be powered they will be powered by electricity anyway um, and then you will go back to it so uh, in the point where you you designed it do you sort of take um, take where the, the blazer was and you'd say this will look like the blazer but I'm going to change A, B and C or what did you decide to do? Well, you know, I think the two vehicles, um, they really share a spirit. Uh, with the ICE blazer, it wanted to be something that kind of spoke to performance and seemed to be performance inspired in the way it was designed. There was a lot of connection to the Camaro there and it's something that resonated a lot with our customers. So oh, yeah. as we kicked off the Blazer EV, we were thinking, okay, we really want to key into a very similar spirit there. And again, there's so much learnings and history with those performance vehicles we've worked on in the past. If we can infuse that and, and bring that energy and that excitement into this segment, we were really confident we could make a winner. Um, I think a lot of that uh, influence is, is really apparent even as you move into the interior of the vehicle. We we looked at how we executed vehicles like our Corvette and how we had a very driver-centric kind of feeling and how we oriented the displays and how it seemed to kind of find the driver. So we drew on some of that as we were setting up the Blazer EV, but really kind of balanced it for something that felt appropriate for kind of a passenger setting. So uh, that center display, we like to refer to it as part of our virtual cockpit system, but it's a 17.7-inch center display, and it's oriented slightly toward the driver. Yeah. Um, uh, optimized for reach, but still balanced enough where the passenger feels involved. And I think all of that starts to set the tone for something that feels quite sporty and, and dynamic and starts to take on a character that really links to our performance vehicles. One of the, you know, one of the things that, that sort of started to happen is that in initial car design, 
mm-hmm. the, it was the the rear seats is where everybody wanted to sit, right? Because they had entertainment seats mm-hmm. and, and and those type of things. But now up front, uh, the front seat passenger, um, you know, a lot of designers have started to think about the front seat passengers uh, a lot more too. So they get to be able to do things in the front seat um, as well. Uh, and there's a right. lot of sort of accoutrements for them. And, and it always used to be sort of designed around the driver and the rear seat passengers. But now the, there's things for the front seat passenger to be able to do as well. And because of the sort of it, the price of screens coming down, um, the screen space has been increased too. So we've seen yeah, obviously gauge clusters becoming digital and we've seen screen sizes increasing over the last few years. So you've got to sort of play around with that. And, and right. the size of the screen is actually huge in this and the size of the gauge cluster is actually enormous, the sort of thing you'd only see on high-end luxury cars. Right. And I think one of the things we're really proud of there, not only the, the, the real estate that we're offering with the, dis, with the displays, the 17.7 for the center and then 11-inch for that digital cluster, but I think what's more impressive is the intuitive approach our team took to the way it was laid out. So rather than taking that real estate and having it grow, towards, grow downward and become something you have to kind of search through to find the info you need, we opted for a more landscape approach, one that kind of keeps information up front and center. Uh, so it felt like the, the the right way to approach sharing information with the occupants, one that kind of keeps eyes up on the road and, again, really connects to how we approach things in the performance space. I think you touched on a couple things, too, in the in those, in those rear areas of the vehicle. Um, one of the things we really benefited from as we shifted to the Ultium electrified platform for the Blazer EV is the spaciousness that you'll notice when you get into this vehicle. So often when you see a vehicle with a very dynamic and athletic profile, you see those proportions from the outside, and, and you kind of prepare yourself to be cramped when you get inside. But when you get into the Blazer EV, that, that platform allowed us to have a flat floor running through the rear occupant area, and then all of a sudden there's a sense of spaciousness there that you've never quite had before. With the increased width of the vehicle, the shoulder room is also considerably improved. Um, so occupants, as they get into this, I think will be comfortable whether you get into the front or the rear. And uh, I think that's something really special uh, for this vehicle. You pair that with the, the exciting design and character that we've keyed into here in the performance space, and it, it really seems to create a really compelling entry. There, was, there wasn't that long ago that the only vehicles with sort of 22-inch wheels were Rolls-Royces. And now uh, you're finding like Blazers having 22-inch wheels, which is crazy big if you think about it. Right. So yeah, those are standard on the SS, and we have you know 21 on the RS. But uh, with the proportions we've set up with this vehicle, uh, you'll find that it starts to feel really appropriate as you walk up to and first experience the vehicle on the outside. Often those proportions can feel out of place on vehicles that are proportioned a little differently. But with with how lean and and how the stances of this vehicle, uh, it'll feel right at home seeing those proportions. Uh, but yeah, we were really excited to be able to enable those in a, in, in, a, in a functional way and still be able to offer up to 320 miles of range and really balancing those performance elements with these kind of aesthetic pieces we've always kind of wanted as, as designers. And with technology advancing so much now, 
the headlights um, are just basically a tiny strip across the front, um, and mm-hmm. there's no grill. Um, everything, you know, your palette of what you can actually do with the vehicle has changed immensely because, you know, your lumens can come from a tiny strip and you don't need as much cooling. Uh, you still need some probably, but hardly any. And you've, you've been given incredible freedom to do almost anything, right? Exactly. And, and that freedom is, is true on the aesthetic front, but also functionally. One of the things we're really excited about that um, that lighting signature you're mentioning is it really is an opportunity to create a unique kind of interface point between the driver and uh, the vehicle. So for example, when you walk up to the vehicle, when you first approach it, it'll play a unique bit of choreography that kind of signals your approach to the vehicle, as well as when you walk away from it. And uh, it'll also put to rest some anxiety about whether the vehicle has turned off. I can't quite hear it. There are a lot of questions in people's minds as they move to the EV space. And so some of that choreography, as well as being beautiful and unique, kind of plays a functional role. And then when the vehicle is charging, the animations that that LED strip can play will kind of correlate with your status of charge. So its intensity and speed will vary based on your charging status. And so, you know, as you're sitting in a coffee shop looking at your car charged outside the window, all of a sudden we're enabling a bit of communication and information exchange. So it's really a beautiful opportunity to to create something unique for the customer that uh, really elevates their experience. Well, I think you did uh, a really beautiful job inside and out. and, you know, I look at the engineering stats on this vehicle, and we're talking about the SS because, unfortunately, I'm a tick-every-box kind of guy. Um, sure. You know, the, the, the first SS performance model uh, for the EV is 557 horsepower um, mm-hmm. with 0 to 60 in 4 seconds, which, you know, we're talking about... Uh, somewhere like that, um, yeah. and 320 mile range, something like that. Um, I'm I'm sold, um, and an SUV. Uh, it just the only thing wrong right now. The only thing wrong with this vehicle is it's not available today. Yep. Um, which is always, you know, it's just a typical American thing. I need it now. Thinking about changing your car? Get the latest on everything with a go pedal at ourautoexpert.com. Over 20,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast, and many more streamers join the happy listeners via Apple Podcasts. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles with Automatic Andy, and on the phone, Anton Wallman, independent analyst and investor. You can read the majority of his stuff at Seeking Alpha and the Street. All right, Anton. Uh, it looks like finally, after years and years and years of people wondering what will happen with the uh, government extending the tax credits after they've expired for Chevrolet and Tesla, it looks like there may be something on the books. So explain it to us. Yeah, so basically the um, Senate deal that uh, is expected to pass in some form here in just the coming days uh, includes a provision that uh, the automakers get to essentially continue to benefit from these electric vehicle tax credits. So you may recall, Nick, that in the beginning there was a phased-out period after each automaker had reached uh, 200,000 cars sold under this program. So certain automakers, of course, waited to uh, make use of these credits until they had what they thought were a better product. Now the government changes um, horses in midstream and changes the rules. So basically the automakers that held off, uh, they end up getting uh, no advantage from this from a competitive standpoint. And uh, this is, of course, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, 
uh, automakers are going to view this as very unfair to the extent that uh, uh, the subsidy doesn't come from somebody else, which, of course, uh, in the, the big scheme of things, this will end up doing more uh, more likely than not. So that, that's why it's very, very complex. So tell us um, what it does for the consumer. There are some restrictions that will appear that weren't that good, right? That's right. So now, unlike before, there's going to be a both a, um, a maximum purchase amount, and that is not the base price, but the all-in price with options and so forth. And also, there's going to be an income cap. So in order to uh, make use of this um, uh, tax credit, you cannot earn more than a certain amount. I think it starts at about $150,000 per uh, taxpayer, up to $300,000 per household, and uh, and a couple of tiers in between. But basically, if you make 150000 or up, then this thing starts to um, disappear, effectively. So uh, it's only eligible to a certain number of people and cars that will sell uh, below a certain uh, uh, set of price tiers. I think the for an SUV it was like eighty thousand dollars, and for a um, non SUV it was fifty or fifty five thousand dollars. So I think that those are the approximate numbers uh, that will apply to the new legislation. And then when we talk about when does this law actually come into action? Well, I think it, it will be coming into action almost immediately. This is not something that. Uh, going to be all that far out. The, really, the big question is, will it be uh, applied retroactively to the sales that took place earlier this tax year or not? So in other words, a car that you may have taken delivery of on January 4th, uh, will that one be um, eligible under the new rules or not? I think that's the bigger question here, but I don't think we're going to have to wait for uh, the next fiscal year or next calendar year or anything like that. Once they vote on this thing and it's signed into law, perhaps within only a few days from now, uh, I think it should go into effect uh, rather immediately. Right. Um, super interesting, of course. Uh, you know, a lot of people are going to be upset about that because uh, in even you, those people that have vehicles ordered, um, you know, maybe canceling their orders, and especially for things like if you have well, a night. Well, I mean, the mayor, the, the, those are some of the implementation rules that are. I have not seen the details of what typically what happens in these cases is it's really the date of the transaction when the purchase actually takes place. So if you have something on order, that in and of itself is not dispositive of whether you are going to be eligible for this tax credit or not. So if you've got something on order and the vehicle in question um, meets the new regulations, both in terms of the vehicle itself and, of course, your own personal tax situation, then uh, that shouldn't be a problem. If that, let's say you take delivery of this thing in a month from now and the legislation is signed into law a week from now, then you should be good. Right. Uh, all right. So let's uh, jump in the last moments that we have to the June, uh, the June sales numbers for EVs in Europe. How do they look? Well, they were down about 8% for the first time in a long time. Usually EVs have been growing even at a down market. June was a very, very bad month. Uh, so uh, plug-in uh, hybrids was down at a whopping sort of 22%. And pure battery electric vehicles were up a few percent, I think about 4%. So the mix was down net-net about 8% there. Tesla's market share in Europe uh, stood at 11% in the month of June, which is the lowest uh, market share it has ever had in a third quarter of the month. Uh, a year ago, it had a similar number, but usually since then, it has tended to end the quarter with market share that is a lot closer to the 20% mark than uh, where it ended this time. So that goes to show you where Tesla did not do all that well uh, in this in this month of June. 
And of course, with uh, no R&D, uh, visible R&D going on at Tesla, um, we have nothing to look forward to, at least for now. Well, uh, what we have to look forward to in the near future is the sheer uh, lack of supply in the market, that if you have a car to sell, no matter how bad it is or behind the times it may be, you're going to sell it. So to the extent that Tesla can produce the cars from its factories in yeah. Germany, Austin, Texas, and in California, and in Shanghai, and somehow ship them to the right destination, they'll find a way to sell them. So if production goes up, I think Tesla's uh, certainly shipments are going to increase pretty dramatically here in the third quarter, but arguably they're going to increase dramatically for almost all the automakers. Yeah. So what that will net out in terms of the market share remains to be seen. Yeah, I think uh, um, as long as people can keep making the cars, they'll sell them. But um, I'm considerably worried about electric sales uh, when this or if this uh, new bill passes. Um, that that might have quite uh, in the U.S. especially might have quite a change to uh, people's interest in electric vehicles. Um, and especially well, in Europe, we have another change to the law, and that is that essentially they're looking for to essentially abolish all subsidies to plug in electric um, hybrids and so those will probably shrink dramatically in the months to come in Europe and then pure electric vehicles will take over the majority of those sales by far so that's going to be a big change in Europe that doesn't really apply to the United States yeah and it will uh, yeah there's going to be some very very big sales uh, changes that, um, it'll be incredibly interesting to see how that will happen in the next uh, month so uh, interesting to talk to you in the beginning of 2023 to see how 2022 shaped out, um, especially if these laws actually uh, take effect before the end of the year. Uh, Anton Wallman is an independent analyst and an investor and always has the latest news of what's happening. You can read the majority of his information at The Street and Seeking Alpha. And he always, of course, is the authority when it comes to autonomous vehicles, sales, uh, and especially what's going on inside companies of electric vehicles. You can listen to this show at OurAutoExpert.com, see our videos of what's going on. And of course, you can get all the information uh, that you need to of uh, Our Auto Expert on the website, which is 24-7 at OurAutoExpert.com. The show is there. And of course, you can send your car questions. We do the best we can to have this subject and all these subjects answered by our experts in the form of content. And of course, bring you all of that show content every single week. New stuff, new information on the show is always posted every Wednesday morning. You'll get this show and all the brand new shows on the website. Side. And of course, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Listen to previous episodes of the show, watch automotive videos, and get the latest inside automotive info at ourautoexpert.com. <laughs>